Hello, church family. This is JP. Over the last five months, I've had countless conversations, read countless articles, and listened to countless podcasts, all on the following theme. How should Christians respond to the reality of 2020? To the loss of life and pain caused by the COVID-19 virus? To the persistent evil of racism? To the fractured relationships and seeming inability to have constructive, reconciling conversations in our society? How should people of Jesus respond? Lament. I think our response begins with the biblical category of lament, seen specifically in the Psalms, Job, Lamentations, and Jesus. Lament is honest hope. As people of the resurrection, we are not without hope. At the same time, as people of truth, we are honest. And how do we do both? Our friend Ron Sullenberger says, Lament is the language which truth makes possible. We tell the truth about the devastation of disease, death, abuse, racism, poverty, immorality, and alienation. But we also tell the truth about the Jesus who is making all things new. The author Marilyn Robinson describes biblical hope as constantly and intensely vulnerable. The author G.K. Chesterton calls biblical hope unreasonable as it is indispensable. Over the next five weeks, our sermons will focus on the theme of lament. You'll want to have an open Bible as we study, because we'll closely read the scriptures to see the movements of lament. I pray that lament can become more of a practice in our common life together, as well as our individual discipleship. To lay some groundwork for this conversation, Ryan Sullenberger has recorded a meditation on lament, flowing out of some of Jamar Tisby's thoughts in The Color of Compromise, our Wednesday night book study. The world needs a Christ-like response to our cultural moment, and may our response flow out of lament as we practice honest hope. And now, let's listen to some thoughts from Ryan. In the introduction to his book, The Color of Compromise, Jamar Tisby lays out a well-established sequence found in the Bible that describes the way that human beings respond to the call of God. And this is that sequence. It is truth, confession, repentance, and reconciliation. Uh, so begins with truth, uh, and then this truth leading to confession over uh, sins that have been committed, which then would lead to repentance or a new way of life, uh, the end of which is the hope of reconciliation, um, both between God and people and between human beings themselves. And so Jamar lays this out uh, as a, uh, a possible way for the church to move forward uh, to achieve some kind of unification over issues of race. I'd like to take a few minutes to talk about the place of godly grief or lament in this sequence uh, as it pertains to uh, race uh, in the church. So in the biblical context, laments appear in many places. Uh, we find them in the Old Testament, of course, uh, with Israel uh, lamenting in times of uh, crisis, um, 
and confession. Uh, we hear the prophets lamenting as well. It also appears uh, in the New Testament with uh, the early church uh, lamenting to God for um, what they're experiencing in terms of persecution. Uh, we also hear it on the lips of Jesus, for example, uh, on the cross from Psalm 22, my God, my God. Uh, one of the places um, easiest to find laments in the Bible, of course, is the Psalter. And we find them there in different, uh, different forms. Uh, one of which would be the communal form of the lament. Um, one of the most well-known examples of this we find in Psalm 137, where the Israelites are lamenting uh, the fall of Israel uh, by Babylon. By the rivers of Babylon, there we sat down and there we wept when we remembered Zion. On the willows there we hung our harps, for there our captors asked us for songs and our tormentors asked us for mirth, saying, Sing us one of the songs of Zion. So we find uh, lament and communal forms often throughout the Psalter. Uh, we also find it in personal form. Uh, this is a passage from Psalm 88. O Lord, God of my salvation, when at night I cry out in your presence, let my prayer come before you. Incline your ear to my cry, for my soul is full of troubles, and my life draws near to Sheol. I am counted among those who go down to the pit. I am like those who have no help, like those forsaken among the dead, like the slain that lie in the grave, like those whom you remember no more, for they are cut off from your hand. You have put me in the pit, in the depths of the pit, in the regions dark and deep, your wrath lies heavy upon me, and you overwhelm me with all your waves. Personal laments appear in this kind of form. Um, generally, people calling out for help could be sickness, death, um, or other kinds of suffering. We also find this, of course, Psalm 22, uh, which we hear Jesus saying on the cross, uh, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? in the presence of enemies. There's another form of laments that appear in the Psalter uh, that I would categorize as penitential laments. That, are, that means these are psalms that are expressing uh, a kind of confession uh, for what uh, the person has done. Of course, probably the most well-known of these uh, would be Psalm 51. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love, according to your abundant mercy. Blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. So we have laments in uh, the biblical context, both uh, personal and communal laments. Generally speaking, what we're hearing in a lament is a call to God to repair a world that contradicts its intended goodness or its created goodness. That is, we have people who are faithful who believe that God exists and God can be trusted, a good God who has created a good world, 
who see a world that is collapsing, uh, that no longer seems to reflect the goodness that God made uh, and has imbued uh, the creation with. And so they are crying out for help, um, for release. Um, and in other circumstances, um, they are acknowledging their own purposes, their own presence, um, their own part in the destruction of that goodness of God's good world. So if we think about uh, locating lament in uh, this progression Tisby brought up in his intro, that is truth, confession, repentance, and reconciliation, uh, as concerns uh, the church's complicity in white supremacy and racism, I think there's two things that we can think about here. Uh, that that comes to bear in two forms, basically, of lament. Uh, the first form of that is going to be a complaint. Uh, and this kind of lament is a cry for help from vulnerable communities. And I think we are hearing this kind of lament from uh, African-American communities, from other communities of color, um, who, who are watching uh, these things unfold and are crying out for help. Uh, the second form of lament that that we can identify here is what I'll call a confessional lament, and I would I would locate that in the confession part of this um, of this progression. That is, after uh, seeing the truth, um, watching things uh, that are going on, uh, would lead to a kind of confession. Um, that um, we have taken part in these things and um, acknowledging our own complicity in the darkness that we're witnessing. And so if we look at the, uh, if we look at lament in terms of a confession, in, in this particular form of lament, uh, Lament is the language that truth makes possible. And it firmly holds the weight of responsibility, at the same time hoping for forgiveness. And in doing so, it neither assuages guilt, uh, as in the common refrain that we hear, well, I'm only a human being. Um, I'm only mortal. It neither assuages guilt in this manner, nor collapses under the weight of guilt. Uh, which we also see happening um, with the kind of uh, the latency of white guilt and the inability to move past it or to deal with it uh, in a constructive manner or in a righteous manner. Such lament affirms that the world isn't right and that we have had our hand in this kind of destruction of God's goodness. Um, but at the same time, hoping for the mercy of God and joining God's purposes. Again, this is the voice of the faithful, uh, those who believe that God is alive and at work in the world and that the world is good. And having had a part in diminishing that goodness, uh, there is also the hope uh, with repentance and forgiveness uh, that we can be called again to join God's good purposes for reconciling human beings in the world. 
this clears the way for new ways of living um, and for the hope uh, of the new creation, uh, which we see uh, as a kind of the goal or the telos of all creation. I'm going to end today with two examples of laments uh, taken from uh, the Mennonite Church USA. Um, uh, in the last couple of months, they collected laments from pastors, from lay people, uh, for, from other folks across their denomination. And I'm going to read uh, an example of one of these uh, that I would characterize as a complaint uh, lament and then another one that I would uh, categorize as a confessional lament. So, um, A Prayer of Lament by Gerald Williams. When will they listen, God? When will they hear the voices of the oppressed? When will the excuses end? God, we, your people are now in pain and no one seems to care. They want to focus on what we do, but they do not want to acknowledge what they have done. They refuse to turn away from their sin. They have sullied the table. Their ignorance has taken the lives of George Floyd, Antoine Rose Jr., Breonna Taylor, Ahmaud Arbery, Philandro Castile, Tamir Rice, Sandra Bland, and many more. God, we turn to you now in prayer for our black and brown siblings. Guide us. Protect us with your mighty hand. God, we are so tired. Our spirits have become weary from the gaslighting, the justifying, the minimizing, and the silencing of our voices. God, let your spirit re-energize us. Let the fires of our rage never be quenched by the manipulative tears of our oppressors. Let the fires of our ancestors bring forth a new Pentecost, one that ignites the hearts of all humanity and calls us to learn a new language, the language of the oppressed. May the master's tools be broken. May our rage be louder than ever. May our outcry for justice disrupt and dismantle the systems of oppression. God, we pray for peace in our world, knowing that the only way for it to come is by justice being done for your children. Amen. Breathe on Me by Leah Winger Battered, Broken, Betrayed I stand before you between the lines, breathe on me, breath of God, because I have betrayed my brother and sister by my silence. Breathe on me, breath of God. But what is breath when it is stolen? Humanity beyond recognition, buried in blood. Bring us transformation, beauty for brokenness. Expose me from my blindness. Breathe on me, the breath to see. Be brave and bold, beyond what others can see. So when I can't breathe, God, breathe on me. When, can I, when I cannot see my betrayal, bring me to the light. I beg for the wisdom to be better. Bless me with the strength to never stop becoming. Beyond the patience to listen, bring me into action. I can't breathe, so God, breathe through me.
You've been listening to 900 Ackland Avenue, the podcast for the Ackland Avenue Church of Christ. If you'd like more information about our community, our church website is http colon slash slash Thanks again for joining us. God bless.